welcome to 12 questions Yay. hi you might want to bring your microphone a little closer yeah. to you however is most comfortable for you hello you don't have to hello. lean in i'm just weird <laughs> like that hi um hi uh this is anna valenzuela and i'm joined here today flying solo today and i'm joined here by my guest awesome she's like i'm identifying myself this way <laughs> it's funny because sometimes i'll i'll um i'll interview people who are not entertainers and they're mm-hmm. but they're like program people yeah uh, whatever program that may be and they'll just like be like hi i'm 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 dave <laughs> i'm ira glass just just dave it's <laughs> <laughs> <is> great oh, <laughs> i love it so um yeah we were just we were warming up i love that we were warming up the pod here <laughs> and we were talking about um like, uh, how you, you basically your how your journey began and how it's evolved. Cause you're a super yeah. funny comedian. You run oh, a super incredible you. show that all of you <laughs> should go to. I don't know why people are not, you need to go. People are going to it, but like more people need to go. It's Always amazing. More people. Yes. It's called drunk It's at the pack. Yes. It is, or not at the pack. I'm it's so the, sorry. The clubhouse. The clubhouse. Yeah. My brain just, I just had like a seizure. Um, it's at the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Um, the other pack it's because I see Jason Van Glass at both locations yeah yep. <laughs> um so uh i i i it's a really great show i got to do it and every yeah. lineup is stone cold killers yeah, like we have a great lineup every month so much fun yeah. second wednesdays second wednesday of the month here in la you should go <laughs> it's amazing if you're in town check it out yeah. Um, one of the things that's really cool about the show is that the original vision of the show was to have only people who were in some sort of substance right. abuse recovery. Right. So, yeah. And then we, um, kind of had a happy accident. We had a comedian, uh, not make it. And we had somebody in the audience who, um, is not sober, but was very familiar with people being alcoholics and did a set and it was awesome. It was yeah. a bit different. It was, a, yeah. I would maybe even say a bit on the Al-Anon side, <laughs> but it was, it was great. Oh, you mean a comedian yeah. who doesn't have a substance abuse problem is a total Al-Anon? Who knew? Yeah. That is definitely, that has definitely been my experience right. coming and got me. I was like, I thought I escaped this shit from the right. treatment world. It followed me. Oh my a God. A few of us have parents with addiction. Just a few. Just a few. Just a few. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I um I love that. And then also you have you have 10 years? Yes, uh, March 1st. Ah. Of 2019, I will be 10 years. You will be 10 years. Yes. Oh my god, that's amazing. I, I can't even believe it. It doesn't even it feels like it was yesterday. I mean, it really is still it's crazy to me. 10 oh. years is a long time. It is a long time to not drink or take any drugs. It's weird, right? Yes. <laughs> it's. I realized in 10 years how little I knew. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't day. know anything. Yeah, yeah, it's real crazy. <laughs> well, good for you. Thank I you. I love that. I love yeah. that. What is, okay, and you're from Texas and all of that. Yeah. Former corporate America. When yes. did you start doing stand-up, by the way? I feel like we have a similar story in that. Yeah, I, well, I know that you were not in, like, the comedy world. You no, were in I worked in, su- I worked in substance abuse treatment. Okay, And, like, yeah. I worked with people with autism. Oh, I worked in, like, right. mental health slash okay. substance abuse treatment for, like, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, well, I was in um, corporate America. I was in, an, I worked for an oil company. I was in finance, um, kind of like audit and compliance, very boring job. Yeah. Um, but 
I always had it. I mean, it was always there since childhood, the, you know, comedic writing, yeah. um, idolizing comedians. I mean, that's been there my whole life. Yeah, um, but I just came to it maybe in the last few years that I was working at that oil company. I was like, it's writing. And, uh, and I even wrote like a stand-up set maybe two years before I moved here. Whoa. And it wasn't until like I was in a class that, you know, I was doing storytelling stuff. And oh, the fun. instructor was like, well, what about... Do you have any stand-up? And I was like, well, I wrote this set two years ago. Like, I guess I could do that. Looking back on it, I think I'd sort of like premeditated that. Like I knew I only had so much storytelling material and I think I really wanted to do stand up. Yeah. And I just like didn't have the guts to just go to an open mic. So I was like in a classroom setting with other people that were working on stand up Comfort sets. zone. Yeah. And then uh I did it and I got some laughs and I was like, oh I like this. Yeah. I want to do more of this. So yeah. yeah. And it sort of fed the the right because I also do sketch writing and stuff like that. Oh so, right on. Yeah. So I actually just a member of a team we just um, R.I.P. the volcano at the Ruby. Aww. We just had our last show, yeah, last weekend. But um, but I still more sketch will come, and you know I write specs and pilots and stuff like that. So. I love it. You're doing all the things yeah. that like I, I'm like every week. I'm like I gotta sit down and start that pilot. I gotta sit down and start that spec. Yeah. I'm gonna take a sketch class. Right. Like, we I should just... do like a writers group, <gasps> and then it would be like we'll force each other to be accountable yes. to get stuff done. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I'm seriously going to take you up on yeah, that. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whoo. 2019. This is going to be the year you finish the pilot. Finish the pilot. Gonna do. Yeah. I want to do a spec for mom, actually. <gasps> You're kidding. I, that was the first thing I wrote. Ah! It was a spec for mom. I'll let you read it. Oh, And then I you can that. see, like, well, just don't judge because it's no. like the first thing I ever wrote. Oh, my God. No, yeah. That's perfect. I love that. That was actually somebody suggested it. It was yeah. like that. Um, they have a, is it the NPC writers contest? They have yes. some sort of like writer, like new writers diversity. On the yeah, writers on the verge. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things listed. Yeah. And it came down to like, should I do mom or should I do Bojack? Which are both yeah. stories from my heart, yeah. you know, like not just like the level of, I love the exploration of, um, uh, speaking of codependency and like <laughs> Al-Anon in Bojack is like, but it's, yeah. it's parallel. And anyway, yeah. so that's, <laughs> Anyway, Mom's a good show. Bojack's a good show. The Grudge. Yeah. So that being said, so you've got you've got all the street cred. You've got all the credentials. You <laughs> uh, are full on. I haven't had a guest who's been um, like doing the thing mm-hmm. for a minute. I've had yeah. a lot of like different kind of like related sort of a lot of mental health stuff going on. Um, but yeah. how do you experience surrender? Oh, okay. So um, I think if I am not asking a bunch of people for advice and I've just made my mind up. I'm letting go of the outcome of something, whatever it is like entering You mentioned the NBC writers on the verge, like entering that program, for example, like you can want what you want and you want it on your timeline, but like it might not be your time. for that right and those things are highly competitive so that's an example of like if I'm or if I'm trying to make a decision about something and I am like interviewing people about it like well what do you think and what do you think like I'm basically looking for my the answer I want yeah so if I'm truly like have surrendered I've let go of the outcome I'm at peace with whatever the decision is or whatever the what's going to happen is going to happen right um yeah I think it's just if I'm not trying to wrangle it and I know yeah. when I'm doing that. I think yeah. we all know when we're doing that. It's, you know, and it's it's how peaceful you are with something. Yeah. You know? Do you so. find that it's tempting to do that in this phase of your life? 
You mean like want to want it my oh yeah because yeah, everything is like I've I had a career in corporate America I could have just gotten another job in Texas doing you know audit or whatever but I I wanted to try this comedy writing thing I yeah. wanted to come here and and so yeah it's it's hard it's a daily thing because you want to you know well, who can I call to make this happen like who can I how can I make this work and and you can't do you just have to like do the work and like get up every day and just try to to do the next thing do the next right thing right yeah and that's it and hope that like and and I will say like um since I've and I keep using like what I do for a a living and what I'm trying to do for a living as the example but that's what's kind of at the top of my mind right now yeah um yeah it's it's the same. It comes up every podcast because it is yeah. such a struggle. Like it is such a place where the disease wants to be. Like, mm-hmm. hey, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so I got some ideas about how we're gonna make this work. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're non-conventional. Yeah, they're non-conventional <laughs> right. for uh, sure. How do you feel about nudity? <laughs> like, like it's it's always right. like this like crazy struggle. Oh my gosh, so if only that were an option that were available to me. You know, it's an We'd option to be in big be trouble. Al- <laughs> Listen, the internet's a big wide place. It is an option available to everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um, yeah. what is like the been your most insane moment like in and out of sobriety recovery? right okay yeah. so i thought about like what in sobriety or when i was drinking either way okay both or just yeah insane? it could be insane good insane bad it doesn't okay. matter it's always I had a always a fun question about this one um so um Insane. You might be the most prepared guest. She, there's <laughs> the a printout prepared. of the questions. I it's actually amazing. did print the questions. <laughs> I did think about it. I did think you about really it because there's always like I want to make sure I'm oh not like God. sitting here going, I don't know. I want to. Be, I want. I wish I had like a okay. gold star. To get, you're like most prepared guest. I love it. Oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, well, if you if I were drinking, this would be a whole different situation. I wouldn't yeah. have even shown up first of all. <laughs> right. <laughs> be like, where is she? Isn't what? she supposed to be here by now? She's <laughs> not coming. Um, <laughs> So one of the thing, the crazy thing that that happened was um, a couple. One that that came to mind was um, I had wrecked my car. I had backed in a blackout. I had mm-hmm. wrecked it drinking. I had um, wrecked my car. I backed into a light pole. I think, and the whole I had a Honda Element at the time, and oh. the whole thing it just was like a Smooshed. like this, right? Yeah. It just was bent like a triangle. <laughs> I mean, wow. the top of a triangle. So the back, the whole back door was in like this. And I mean, I'm, I, and you know, I, I have like, um, like a back problem, like a slip disc or something. Yeah. And I've had MRIs and things and yeah. doctors have said like, what did you ever like, were you ever in an accident? And I'm like, like, no, like not in, not a real bad one, but this could have been the thing that caused yeah. it. I just don't know it. But, right. Um, but anyway, I went to, I, I remember like the next day seeing it, mm-hmm. smash glass everywhere, the whole thing. I mean, it looked like. It, it was cartoonish. Yeah. And I had to go to work the next day. So I remember driving into a parking garage, backing the car in. And at lunch, I was so like embarrassed of what I'd done. I didn't really know what I'd done, but I knew right. I'd, you know, bang the hell out of this car. Uh, I, on my lunch break, drove it to like a body shop. And the guy said, um, oh my God, is everybody okay? And for some reason that I will never forget the look on his face and the way he said it. And I was like, 
uh, yeah, everybody's fine thinking like it was just me by myself. Right. And like, P.S. No, everything is not fine. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's so not okay. (laughs) But like, we're just going to make this go away. Right. right? And then, so that was a crazy thing in that, like, I don't even remember doing it. I still don't know what I really hit. I do know where I was. I was a a bar and I know where I was parked. So I kind of think I went back to the, I went back to that parking lot to see if I could figure out what I hit. And I still don't know. Like, I couldn't Whoa. see anything that looked like I had hit it with a car. Um, you know, I have no, still don't know. Um, I'm but, just imagining there's this, like, security cam footage at a oh Whataburger gosh. or something. <laughs> and they're like, that lady just oh. backed into a pole. <laughs> it's like something that would be a viral video. Yeah. <laughs> sure now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If this footage exists, like, they're definitely not running for office. Right. <laughs> because, <laughs> oh, my gosh. But that was just one of those insane things that you're you're like, I, I can't, I can't live like this. Yeah. I mean, this isn't working for me, you yeah. know? Um, but I'm sure I drank for a few more years after that. So, well, it, you can know it's not working for yeah. you and try to figure it out. That's what I did. I was like, well, this isn't working. I'm going to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if I just learned to moderate, like I would do, I would drink, um, uh, like I, even when I, um, started to try to grasp the idea of sobriety or recovery, I would do like five days and then I'd get to the weekend and somebody would call on a Friday Mm -hmm. as I was in the office getting close to five o'clock and I was just ready to, to go, you know? So, um, and I did that for a while where I would just try to manage, you know, maybe just the weekend, maybe just this and not that. And maybe, you know, and it never ended well. It always, you know, ended somewhere where I had no idea where I was and how did I get here? And yeah. So same. Yeah. (laughs) You understand. I get it. The, how do you make decisions in your life? Mm, Okay. So, um, it depends on what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the, the basic stuff, I mean, the gut check is, you know, usually dependable these days. Um, but I mean, I have a sponsor, I'm in recovery. And so uh, sometimes it's that level where I want to check in and just say, Hey, does this make sense to you? This is what I'm thinking about doing. Um, but I have sort of the, the, like the cast of, you know, the supporting cast that like my committee, my corner team. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's like, um, I have my best friend in the world is in recovery, like 25 years. Yeah. Um, got sober when he was in high school and we've known each other since we've been, you know, that age. Um, so he got to see my whole progression and, uh, and see me get sober. Um, but yeah, he's one of the, those people. My husband, um, is one of those people. Um, uh, there's just a few kind of like really super close friends and family members that I would go to and, and check in with. Um, but again, it depends on what it is. I mean, usually I, I know, like I have a pretty good compass, so I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I, yeah, I love that. I struggled Mm -hmm. with decision-making for a long time, which is why I put that in there. Cause (laughs) now I'm like making rapid decisions. Like I saw it was raining too hard. I was like, I'm buying a rain jacket, like immediately (laughs) crazy. Um, what is the most interesting thing you've discovered about yourself so far? Oh my gosh. I think this was the hardest one. The hardest question. When I saw them, I was like, I I have to look at my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Look at those notes. Because I think this this was the hardest one. Oh, okay. And this took some thinking. Um, 
the thing I've learned, and this is only because of sobriety, is that I was in the wrong career. And I knew yeah. I was in the wrong career. but And I didn't really have the guts to make the change, um, except for I had the, the blessing of being laid off, which is what yeah. allowed me the, the small little income to move here. You're like um, the, the happiest yeah. person walking oh, out with I the was. pink slip. Yeah. Oh, I have to tell you. So when I got laid off, you know, everybody, it was all like doom and gloom. We, everybody sort of knew it was coming. Yeah. It was thousands of people. It was like a downturn in the oil business that was happening. And it was, you know, the oil business, like everything is cyclical. And yeah. this was just a downturn. And it was it was our time. We, yeah. we, thousands of people got laid off. And in our group, um, I don't want to say it was half of us or something, but oh, it, was wow. a, it was a big number. Yeah. And so you would just wait by the phone for the phone to ring. And it said conference room. And that meant that you were probably going to get the news. And I already knew I wanted to move to LA at this point. Yeah. I already knew that this money was going to allow me to do that. So when the phone rang, I'm like, you know, okay, let's go to get this over with. And so I remember my boss, it was actually my boss's boss that laid me off. And I walked in and it was the HR person. It was her first uh, laying off people that she'd ever done. <gasps> so she was completely hysterical. Like, I was having to help her. Yes. Like, you know, it felt like I'm like, okay, here's how you do it. You like, you know, right. pull the string and the, the blade comes down. Yeah. No, but she was like, uh, so, you know, here's your paperwork. And if you have any questions and then, uh, I said, okay, well, thanks. And, um, I don't have any questions, but, uh, just like I'm talking to you now. Yeah. Right? And, uh, so, uh, okay. And I'll, I'll read this over and I guess I'll let you know if, if I need anything, but, uh, thanks. And then she goes, um, uh, she said to me, well, I'm surprised you're not, um, more upset. And I went, what? Like, okay, first of all, if you're getting laid off, like don't tell people how to react and especially don't tell them they're not, they're not sad enough. Right. Like, I know that you, this is the, you're lucky right now, right? You don't have to deal with emotions. Right. I'm just telling you like, and I said, well, I kind of knew this was coming. Like we talked about it. Yeah. We knew that there was a list of names and, you know, we sort of knew who was on it. Right. Um, my, I, I kind of feel like my, I was, um, long time in the company and made a certain amount of money and also was getting close to like retire, getting full retirement. Yeah. Even at a young age. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, you got to get rid of somebody like that, right? There right. was a no brainer. I mean, right. if I were running the company, I, my name would have been on the list. Right. So it's, it's fine. Uh, business is business. But, uh, yeah, I was like, don't tell me how to feel like I'm, you know, that's it's like, so I, funny. Well, you know, everybody else has been very upset. It was like, well, <laughs> let me, let me like pinch myself so I can like grunt, gr- gr- like a, what a funny grunt moment. up some tears for you. I know. So it's crazy. What but. a cra- I know speaking of Al-Anon, I know somewhere in that in, in Texas there's a oh, woman yeah. in an Al-Anon meeting go, and I'll never forget the time <laughs> I fired a woman and she looked relieved <laughs> and happy. <laughs> How dare her? <laughs> Palm trees in your eyes. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're just like, I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so ready. I think you know, the ticket was already probably purchased. Wow. Yeah. So well, I love that. I love, <laughs> I love that we have like the grace to respond to change yeah. in a way that is like, yeah. that's good. And if you've ever seen somebody go through a layoff and been like 
just wringing their hands and like, what Mm -hmm. am I going to do? And I I have no, like, there's, there's a, um, you can choose, you know, you can react how you want and it can be, it's hard. I'm not going to say, I mean, like, you know, there were people I was looking at that were like, how am I going to put my kids through college? Like this is everything rides on this job. But then it also is kind of a reminder to like, not have everything be riding on the job all the time. Yeah. Like if, if you can, have something outside of your job. If if your job isn't the thing that brings you the most joy, then like have something outside of that that does it for you. Oh my gosh. When you get laid off, you need to be able to be okay without the job. That needs to be a bumper sticker. Right. That needs to be a sign in Los Angeles that says, whatever you do for work, have something outside of it that brings you joy, please. Please. It's so important. I think that that attitude comes from my grandmother on my dad's side because she was always like, I mean, she had like um, 12 kids and there's like, we're a huge family. And I cannot tell you how many times I would hear her say to somebody, there will always be another job. And that True. attitude has always been with me that like the, you're, the company doesn't owe you anything. Like yeah. you just have to take care of yourself. But my grandmother saying that has definitely stayed with me. Like I know there will always be another job. Always. You're going to be provided for Don't worry about it. Just, you know, yeah. put yourself out there and, you know. Easy said, easier said than done if, you know, someone is listening that has just been laid off and has no prospects. It's but, true. Yeah. I, I, I was, a layoff kind of led to stand up for me as well. Mm-hmm. And so it was, um, and I remember I took it really, really hard because I was not doing my emotional boundaries correctly mm-hmm. in that workspace. Yeah. And, but I've also had moments in my life where like in 2008, when everybody was just struggling, yeah. where I knew I was going to, I knew I was going to be okay. Yeah. And it was like, I have no idea how I'm living on like $800 a month magically, but I'm doing it. I don't know how this is happening, you know? And when I always tell people like, especially in our field, there's a scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and people sort of look at like, First off, other people doing wells in a front to mm-hmm. their resources. And right. it's like, this is not yeah, a risk board, right. boo-boo. There's plenty of tiles out here. You <laughs> right. need to calm down. And then, and then there's like yeah. the other, like the, the, just the fear of never having enough. And it's yeah. like, I, when I'm in my program, I don't have an ounce of that fear. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh yeah, we're fine. Yeah. It's all good. It's going to be taken care of. It's all going to be it's taken care of. It's already been taken care of. Just make the little steps in the right direction. Yeah. Just do what yeah. you want to do. Suit yeah. up and show up. Isn't that funny that you're like, uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that word because it's been on my mind this past week, the scarcity yeah. thing and how people are like afraid of uh, operating from fear a lot, but also yes. like afraid somebody else is going to get something like it's only a finite amount of to get. And if somebody gets it, you won't, it's just silliness. Like to, it's to, insane. Yeah. But like, Maybe I think that's part of being in recovery is, at least for me, is like not seeing it that way. So when you say, but that doesn't mean everybody sees it that way for sure. And you see people around you kind of like grasping for things and trying to keep things for themselves. And it just is, um, it's one of the most frustrating things I think about the biz, this business. Yeah. Is that there is that kind of. Yeah. And I don't like it. The way that like my codependency, my defects work out Mm -hmm. is I don't want anybody else's bullshit to affect me negatively. And so I try to fix, manage and control that part rather than 
being like, okay, I, I'm okay with the scarcity mindset in my yeah. own heart. I'm like, okay, I understand what that is. I'm not going to participate in you today because right. right. I have faith in a higher power and we are doing fine. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah. sometimes I want to club people over the head and be like, the way that you're behaving is making this a toxic work environment. <laughs> right. Stop. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, and no, no comedian has ever received amount, uh, any amount of emotional information about themselves, constructive feedback or otherwise that they are ready for. Not a single one. This is true. <laughs> Very true. So I've learned the hard way just to be like, you'll be fine. And yeah. then just back away. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to love you from afar, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. It's going to be fine. Like you're going to be fine. Everything's going to be oh, fine. But it, it does break your heart when like my, it does my experience is and you're an adult person with like a husband and like a mm-hmm. life. And when I first got into this, it was an adult person, but I didn't have a lot of adult trappings. So, yeah. I think um, getting those, it, it's when those friendships became enmeshed. Yeah. Again, it's those strong work boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, but, for sure. You have to have, I mean, that is very true. I've kind of always been private at work a mm-hmm. bit. Like, you know, I'm better about that now. I actually, my problem is like being more open, I think. Right. Yeah. It's like wanting to, to let people know me. I think that's a challenge for me. So even, even now I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. I still, I, I, I do good with like in small groups or like I can try to, you know, yeah. but it, once it gets more than like five or six people, I'm like, I'm, there's too many other people talking and I just kind of get quiet. Yeah. So I have to work on that. Like just being more available, I guess. I don't know if that's the word, but yeah, being more open being, that's something for me to work on. Yeah. I think I think the world is populated with introverts and extroverts for a reason (laughs) because introverts at the end of the day are kind of boring because we never shut up (laughs) and extroverts are really, or uh, or no, uh, extroverts are really boring because we never shut up. But introverts are like very interesting because they think a lot, but they don't say everything. And it's the extroverts job to go out and be like, Hey girl, what you doing? (laughs) You feeling a little emotionally awkward at this moment? I got you. (laughs) Like, I I, I love that. Yeah. I've always thought that I am an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I feel. Yeah. But you know, the longer I go in life, I don't know, maybe I am a little bit more. I I don't know. Maybe just like strong boundaries or whatever. That might be knowing. Well, that comes from being raised in a crazy family. That's <laughs> like, oh no, we're this is where the boundary is right here. <laughs> Let's get like, into okay, it. A little too close. <laughs> did you get your Did you get your family back when you got sober, or did you like? Well, you know what? I, so or the did bulk you of my drinking, get them back and then be like, I need you to go over there again. No, no. Well, so I okay. This is really weird. I got sober. Like my drinking career was very short Mm -hmm. because my first love was food. I don't share this with a whole lot of people, but it's pertinent. I mean, it's for most people. Yeah. yeah. I had, um, um, first love was food. I had gastric bypass surgery. Okay. Lost about a hundred pounds. Okay. And then I would say within minutes (laughs) I was now drinking. That was, I completely, oh. that switching seats on the Titanic Whoa. story. That's totally my story. Okay. So it was like, oh, food doesn't work anymore for changing how I feel, but alcohol does and it's available and I can definitely consume 
as a lot of alcohol where I couldn't consume food anymore. Wow. So it became, and um, there's been studies done on this that yeah. like when you've had a surgery like that, you metabolize alcohol. A lot. Women metabolize alcohol differently than men anyway. But as somebody who's had, you know, a anatomy changing surgery, right. um, you do metabolize it differently, much quicker. Right. And so I could get drunk really fast. I could also like pass out and come back and get and wake back up and drink more again in okay. one night. So it was like the cycle was crazy. Um, but I, and I was going with the, down that road with, um, Oh, to say you asked about my family. Yeah. So I had already, like I was already divorced and living on my own when I did the most, the heaviest part of my drinking. Right. So there were, they were definitely, um, impacted, but not as much as like, I wasn't like the bad child that was causing my family problems in the home as a teenager all the way till adulthood. Yeah. So I didn't have that. Like they were more like, what, you drink too much? Like, yeah, it was like, all right, you know, I guess if you think you need to get sober, but you know, I think, (laughs) I think it was even not even like, I remember my dad offering me a beer like two years after I got sober when I went to visit, because it just wasn't a thing he experienced. Yeah. I probably called them drunk a few times. I know I called my dad drunk a few times, like, and about something. Yeah. And, um, I know that, um, but mom, not really, um, not in, in like siblings. I had two, two sisters that lived in the same city, but we didn't see each other that much. So it was like easy to just like not be there as well, which is probably where my, amends was to them was just that I wasn't there. Not as, present. Yeah. Or, you know, specific, there were, we don't have to get into it, but there were specific examples of me showing up and still being like unable to really deal with what was happening. Yeah. Um, so there were those amends that I had to make, Yeah. but, um, yeah, they didn't have the, it wasn't like I, like I had to get them back. Although there were a couple that were yeah. like, uh, like a sister that wasn't talking to me. Um, which she then is like, I made amends. We started to have conversations again, and now we're not talking again. So uh-huh. word of the wise out there <laughs> to those listening, just because you get sober doesn't mean everything is <laughs> magically yeah. made better. Doesn't mean your family does, yeah, for no, sure. No, so life still happens. Yeah. And the feelings still get hurt. But um, so that, but then I was also married. So I had um, a husband who um, I had my first husband who I had made amends to. Yeah. Um, he definitely saw some of the worst of my drinking. Like I used to get tanked and I would like drive drunk to his house and it was like an, 45 minutes to an hour away. And I think it, I was like reaching out for co- human connection at yeah. that point. And actually got sober while I was staying with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like my, it's like a self-imposed rehab. <laughs> and he was just like, un, like completely unprepared. Cost for... the day ex-husband. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like passages. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah. So, so there was like that kind of getting your family back, yeah. but not, I didn't have children. I wasn't married. You know, wow. it was, yeah, it was just me causing all kinds of damage. Yeah. To myself and like losing lots of friendships and things like that. Crazy. But, yeah. What would you say your level of honesty is with yourself and others today? Um, well, being in recovery, it is, uh, it's pretty straightforward. Like I don't, I don't lie. Yeah. And if, 
if, but what I've learned in sobriety that is crazy is I used to be this like black and white, like, Oh, if you ask me like, uh, I can't think of something silly, but like, I have to answer honestly, whatever that is, I have to answer. But instead, like now what I learned is like, sometimes it's none of the person's business, what they're asking. Right. So I've learned to like have boundaries around that. Like I, I could get in trouble being honest with people about things where I'm like, well, I have to be honest. So this is what happened. And, you know, and instead I'm like, why do you need to know? That's the story of my life. By right. the way. I do that all the time. Like I have to work on that all the time. Yes. I have to like, sometimes somebody will ask me something and my brain will, like my eyes will turn into those little MacBook beach balls. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I love this? that. I love that. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm stuck uh, now. What do I do? But it's instead, yeah. it's just like I, I try to set up my life in a way that I don't have to do much explaining of things that yeah. shouldn't have to be explained, right? Smart. Yeah, yeah. and then you know, not lying. Um, you just kind of you're a person of integrity. You know, you try yeah. to be, and you try not to cause any wreckage. Like, I don't like to say I'm sorry. I hate it. I, nobody likes it, right? But I really don't like to have to apologize and let it. it you know, especially if, if I don't mean it. Yes. <laughs> so if I don't cause a bunch of wreckage, then I don't have to do that. Right. It's simple, right? Easier said than done. But uh, if I'm not lying about, or I'm not like a per, like if I say I'm going to be there, like I'll be there. If I'm, you know, I'll be on time. I'll, you know, stay the, I'll give the 110%. I, yeah. you know, I do all those things. So then, you know, I don't have to, right? And it, it is a like lateness and things like that are a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I think it just comes from having like super strong, role models in recovery yeah. that are like, you're not doing that. Like not your days of <laughs> like, we're not having it. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. Well then somebody else can sponsor you if you're going to be like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that just, you know, and then I learned too from, from sponsors, like how to be a sober woman Yeah, and just wanting to be at peace with myself the way I saw them being, you know, and I, yeah. I, I want that for myself, you know? Um, so hopefully I, I try to live just with integrity. And yeah. so if I do that, I don't have to, I don't have to lie. You're doing it. I'm trying. You ooze peace. <laughs> I feel it. We're going to have a candlelight meditation. after Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I live the, the older I get and the longer I'm in recovery, I just like live for like a sound bath, candlelight meditation <laughs> meeting, like 11 I've step done meeting. A sound bath. I want to do it. I will send you an invite oh, the next okay. time I go. Okay. Oh my All gosh. Right. Uh, there's also another comic, Jane Johnson. She's very okay. young. She actually sent, she's, um, she's been on the podcast. She's mm-hmm. in the program and she, um, sent me, we were sending each other at the same open mic <laughs> invites to sound baths, <laughs> different sound baths at the same yeah, time. It's right. very fun. <laughs> it's very LA. <laughs> it's very LA. I was like, I've gone full name. But I am down for it. I would love to do that. It's yeah. fun because it's yeah. like, um, it's sort of uh it's med it's like a meditation the sound makes it so your brain can't mm. like and my brain does talk it's yeah. just like ah, but like it does uh it's very relaxing yeah. enjoy it yeah i would like to do that send it to me i will i will yeah. i had a it was a sponsor who turned me onto it yeah she's like all right we're gonna do this weird thing <laughs> but you're gonna me. like it we're gonna so go to come Palm along. springs to do it <laughs> it's gonna be amazing yeah but there's a bunch of them here in la now okay. so yeah 
that's a good thing. I like one that's close. <laughs> Me too. That's what I'm like, oh, five minutes away? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so into it. Yeah. Um, especially right now with the rain and everything mm-hmm. in LA, it's very that's difficult to great. get around. Thank you so much, by oh, the yeah. way, for coming over and yeah. doing this. Well, I'm from Texas, so this is typical weather for Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Angelina's knows it's not there, freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Freaking out. What is, um, like, how do you deal with fear and anxiety? Um, well, so I don't know about how I deal with it. Not well, but, um, I think I wrote something like a note to myself about like how it shows up in my life when I am having fear and anxiety and 100%, I'm like a person who has issues with procrastination, but also with like clutter. It sort of ties together. So for me, if my car is messy in it's like a a hundred percent indicator that my something's not right it just is and it's it's always been that way like when i first got into recovery i kind of had like it was almost like i was proud of how bad it was yeah (laughs) like like i could have papers um just i don't even know like fast food wrappers i you know bills yeah uh, receipts whatever um stacked up on the floorboard of my passenger side, all the way up to the top of the seat, like oh, an wow. even line of just whatever. Yeah. I have no, not like filth, like, like dirty stuff or, or smelly garbage yeah. or whatever, but just papers. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. And, and I would just throw like a, like an empty can of something. I would mm-hmm. just, it was just all there. Um, so obviously like, I don't, that's not how, the, how it is now. But like the trunk is starting to look a little like there's some like there's a yoga mat and there's, nobody's done yoga for over a year. There's like a yoga mat back there. There's like a box of papers from an event I went to and I haven't drug it back into the house because I think I'm going to just put it in the recycled bin, but I'm not ready. Yeah. So there's that kind of stuff. It's just crap. That's like I just need. And now that I've acknowledged and said this. I will take that stuff into the house when I go home. I promise you. That's a promise. We're going to have to hold each other accountable because I got a trunk (laughs) full of stuff too. It's crazy. It's a sign. And that's something that like in some recovery book, like my first year of sobriety, I had to write down, what is it going to look like if I'm close to a relapse? And that's one of the things. But I know like I'm I'm okay today. Like this is fine. But it's, it's one of those little like, like a little indicator light yeah. that goes off that's like what's going on and, and, and I know what some of the things are there's some like stresses that are going on in my yeah. life and that's the first thing it's like my car I know it's such a silly little thing yeah like why is your car an indicator but it always has been so that's it's a pretty incredible. reliable like if things are a mess yeah and there's like a bunch of stuff under the seat and a bunch of stuff on the visor and you know that yeah. means I need to like look at something I don't know what but something's going on what a gift to have a clear indicator <laughs> yes. you know some people do not yeah and then they're just like ah well the day. bad thing is is if you nobody knows about it but me right except for oh. now that i've said so like i can easily just like keep pushing to the corner keep pushing mm. to the corner and it, it i've been that way since i was a child yeah my desk was like that and my parents tell tell me that when i was little and i sort of remember but they would have the like parent teacher thing and she yeah. would be like, I don't know what to do with her. Like the desk, yeah. like it's just like everything in there and it would not even shut. There'd be paper sticking out of it. Whoa. And I don't know what it's, I don't know what that is a 
why that needs to be the thing that I'm holding on to pieces of paper, but it's like a lifelong problem. Have you read Marie Kondo's book? Oh my gosh. I have seen a couple of episodes, but I haven't read the book, but yeah. I've been watching and you know, I have to say I'm on board. I'm it's on board with this stuff. I yeah. got really scared about the paperwork episode when they were getting into that. Yeah. And it was a couple of writers. I think one of the guys, <laughs> right. writer, of course. And I'm like, but those are versions of scripts. And, you know, and my husband is the opposite. Yeah. So, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because he painfully forces me to be better. But it also is like a huge trigger like, cause I, to be criticized by the person closest to you it's is really a, tough. It's a really bad. So it might be like, you know, Oh, this, this piece of paper has been sitting on this table, like for a, a little bit, like, or you want to do something with that? And I'm like, I have to look at it and I have to think about that. And I'm not sure I might've already paid that bill. So I have to think, you know, I get really like worked up and meanwhile, like he mail comes in and he just goes through, through it and he pays the bills and then he throws in the trash. Yeah. Why can't I do that? And so there's the part of you that's just like not ready to be like, what, what happens if I don't have all these papers? Maybe it's like a letting go of like the one thing that I'm still not like, perfect at you know like yeah. there's this one area you know well, you so. don't have to be perfect i know but i don't know what the deal is with the papers it's i need therapy so p.s i need like a therapist recommendation <laughs> on top of it <laughs> and the, the more i talk the more i realize like i've got to book a therapy appointment you're doing all right i mean <laughs> you probably got some sweet insurance there's a yes. lot of really good therapists <laughs> i have already researched i love it i love it like go hard one. <laughs> Yeah. Like, let's see about this insurance. I actually, I have, I have to say, um, Ryan's a computer programmer. Okay. Works for an entertainment company nice. also. So I, I have insurance. Yeah. But um, I am checking out and comparing the programs and like trying to figure That's out. That's smart. Yeah. That's really Because I may want to may maybe bring him over to my insurance. So we'll see. Ah. Oh, there yeah. you go. You're yeah. such a responsible adult, honestly. <laughs> and I can't, how it I can't, happened, I'll never understand. I but. can't wait till the paperwork uh, session in oh therapy when you're just like, I really got to talk about those. And the therapist <laughs> is like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's like the, you would think this is one of the biggest arguments my husband and I have is about yeah. like my stacking of papers. It was actually something we talked about before we got married. Like, was that big of an issue? Of like, what are we going to do with about this issue? Like, you hate it. I have to control it. Like, it's always a, you know, a big yeah. sticking point. My so. boyfriend's a stacker as well. Yeah. He truly is. I have my own little stack, but what I do <laughs> is I like, I like light, I like light a candle. I make an afternoon of it. I'm just like, I'm opening everything. Yeah. And then I, I like take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I, but I, I forced myself to do that yeah. over years and, um, <laughs> he like, Oh, trust me, my life is a mess in a thousand ways. <laughs> um, but he, he's, uh, when we first moved in together, that was, we had to have like discussions about like, like this he, pile that leans. <laughs> it was bad. Like I gathered topple. up all of his papers and I put them all in one place and it was like, it yeah. was, you Marie Kondo. I Marie Kondo did. I was like, <laughs> all right, this goes on your desk. Let's deal with all of this. Like everywhere we went in the apartment, there was, he's such an organized looking person on the outside. And then mm -hmm. when you walked into the apartment, 
it was a very different story. And so he was just like, I'm experiencing a lot of shame about this right now. And I just need you to like, be nice. (laughs) And I was like, okay. But I was also like, we got to move in. (laughs) Now's the time. (laughs) Now's the time we're doing the thing. Like, like so crazy. So I get it. I get it. You guys will find it. You guys will find a way. It's fine. Yeah. If he can just be out of sight, out of mind, he's okay with it. But then that just creates a, a thing where it goes into this big cabinet. Terrible drawer. Of, of horribleness that's like, oh my gosh. What a, by the way, what a delightful problem to have in a relationship. Right. That's like... I know. And they, in the scheme of problems I that know. relationships can have. This is, I'm, this is our biggest problem. That's, that's it. I mean, there's really no, you know... I love it. I know. That's That's why you're like, all right, we just got to figure this out because everything else is so good that like, why why have such a silly problem? Are you like a calendar Um, person? Yeah, I am. If you put in your calendar like an hour a week where you go through your paperwork and only an hour. Maybe I'm and then you put on a podcast and it's like, yeah. like jammy jams and like, a and I do have time like that. that yeah. I'm like he's out of the house on very, like a pretty regimented yeah. schedule. So I can definitely do that. I'm trying to master my anxiety through calendar management right now. Yeah. It's very funny. I'm a, I'm a calendar person. Everything goes on it. I can't so. remember anything that's not on it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. That was, okay. if someone's listening to this podcast, they're like, here's the deal. You're probably like, that's a boring thing to say. But the five people who were like, yeah. Oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that? I'm doing that. And it is. It's a, you always need somebody to, to point out the stuff like that. The simple like, stuff. What? Thought, Why didn't I do? I should just have been doing this my whole life. I find the simple stuff tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Every single, like, from yeah. the moment I got clean to now. Yeah. Like, I, I will fight the simple stuff. And now I'm just <laughs> trying to be like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Sure, I'll... I'll fold yeah. the towels differently. Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fine. We'll do it. What is, like, the thing you need to work on? And this leads perfectly mm-hmm. into, like, the character defect you need to work on the most. Definitely um, I'm the procrastination, mm-hmm. the clutter. Um, that is that is my number one thing. So we've sort of, that's it. Um, I still, even though I, I mentioned that I'd had weight loss surgery and I'd lost weight, of course, since getting sober, um, yeah. the lovely like I never was a, a sweet person like sugar but of course alcohol is nothing but yeah so I became a sugar person and promptly put weight back on mm-hmm. uh, my husband calls it the freshman 60 of like getting <laughs> sober in that first year and that's just you know so I struggle with that um even now I mean it's just a you know and I I, I have periods of neutrality with food that I, I strive for that, which is back to the therapist thing. I'm looking for someone right now to work on some issues with that. I, I started to do some work in Texas that I, I really made some good progress, good headway. And it all kind of goes back to childhood and it's just something that you got to sit, sit and really talk through and be ready to do some hard work. Yeah. So I'm at that point again in my life. Um, but yeah, I just would like to, food is, is one of the big ones, food and um, uh, procrastination. Um, I used to think that like uh, procrastination was a good thing because I would procrastinate and then I would do my best work in the last hour before, <laughs> you know, yeah. but then, you know, uh, again, I have the husband who's the opposite he was like, well, what would it feel like if you actually did it early? 
yeah. then you wouldn't even have to like have the worry of, and that to me is a foreign idea. Yeah. To do it early. I mean, uh, you know, like, but why would you do that? You have yeah. until 1159. Why would you <laughs> do it two weeks ahead of schedule? You know, and I've, and I've had some experiences with trying this foreign way of doing it early. Right. And I have to say, it's pretty sweet to finish something and like, be like, yeah, oh, I already did that. Like I don't have to, and then yeah. deadlines are nothing but deadlines when you're writing, whether it's right. submitting for programs or, uh, as you, well, that's the bulk of it or, um, competitions and things like that. You have to, there's deadlines. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. I but for that. the procrastination, the clutter is a big one and food is always, yeah, for my, my whole life. That's, that's one of those crosses that I'm strapped with. Yeah. So what is your experience with forgiveness? Mm, so forgiveness um of someone forgiving me or me forgiving someone both okay so um i think if i forgive you Mm -hmm. something's happened between us and i've truly forgiven you then i don't like if we're gonna see each other at a party how do i feel about that so if i'm like have the little oh god she's gonna be there Oh, yeah. maybe I shouldn't go. Then it's obviously I'm, I haven't forgiven you. And there's some work that has to be done. Um, if how I experience forgiveness, um, I would love to share this because I thought about your question ahead of time. And uh, one of my amends was to my really good girlfriend um, in Houston. Uh, and and w- without getting into the, the what the amends was about, um, she was such a good friend and I hated that we weren't talking because of my drinking. She was just, she was like the detached with love. Yeah. Like I just can't deal with her. You know, it's like, she's got Janet has to be, you know, I love her. It's great. Maybe someday she'll get it together, but we weren't talking. We weren't seeing each other. And this was somebody I hung out with all the time and I missed her terribly. So I made an amends to her and I had always wanted to go, uh, to get back into yoga. And I just, I was always the kind of person that wanted to go with a friend to do yeah. that. Um, and she was like, well, let's, after I made the amends, you know, she accepted my apology. Um, and we, somehow we got on the subject of yoga, really wanted to go. And we went to a yoga class together. Yeah. And I remember just being at the, like, Kind of, you know, you make eye contact when you're with somebody in yeah. yoga class when you're with a friend, and I just, you know, had we had the very a few of those like kind of sweet moments where we made this eye contact as we're in a position, whether it was funny or silly yeah. or, or meaningful. Yeah. Um, and it was at the end of the yoga practice, and we were both laying there, and she couldn't see me, but I was. It's where you turn your head one way, yeah. and they're turned the other. Yeah. So we're all turned this way, and so I'm staring at her, and I'm just like we're completely worn out from this yoga class. And I just looked at her and I thought, I can't believe I get to have my friend back. Aww. Like, I, I, what if she hadn't accepted my apology? Yeah. We wouldn't be laying here right now. She wouldn't have allowed me back in her life. And, you know, when I apologized to her, she was just like, you know, I just want you to get better. Like, I just, for yourself, you know, and and it, it allowed us to, and then we, we for years, um, shared that going to yoga we would we would like call each other sometimes we didn't go sometimes we did but we always were like these that was our thing and so um she's now she's moved to new york and so we're on two different coasts now wow um but 
and I just saw her over the New Year's holiday. And um, but we have that memory of like you know, kind of reuniting. Yeah. And being able to just be in a space with somebody and know that like through the just the miracle of the program of being able to get sober and do the work and you know and she actually introduced me to my husband wow yeah she uh, she and her husband reluctantly gave me his number because <laughs> he had like a, you know her husband was like I don't know about this, but that's how we met was, yeah, it was like, she basically, I said, I was like a year sober and I was like, all right, I'm ready to start dating. Let's do this. Let's do it. And do you know anybody like, come on, like you guys have to know somebody. And she's like, well, we do know this one guy. And you know, I think y'all have at least that, you know, you don't drink in common. So like, there you go. That's something to start on. Like, which is such a ridiculous thing to think that one thing that you have in common. Um, but you know, we hit it off and here we are, you know, eight years later, almost wow. nine. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Congrats. So it's like funny cause you think, Oh, you never think about doing an amends is also going to lead to your yeah. being in a relationship, but that's how that worked out. But, um, but yeah, I still, I mean, I think, uh, I, I thank my higher power. I thank yeah. God for her, um, every day. She's an awesome friend. Aww. She has taught me how to be a friend. Not, you that's know, amazing. So. Yeah. I love that. Aww. What's the weirdest? And that I feel like you just answered that question. The yeah. like weirdest, most amazing amends you've ever made. I that's love that. Pretty. That's that's it. Yeah, that's got to be one one of the top ones. I oh. mean, I, I think well, weird amends is just. Um, I don't know if you had this experience, but making an amends and then having the person uh, tell you other things that you left out. Did you ever have that? No. I had that more than once. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, what do you do at that point? But um, just, I'm sorry. How do I make it right? Um, well, sorry, you're also like, right. oh, I'm so sorry. I don't remember this awful other thing I did to you. <laughs> and you know, you just have to roll with so, it. And uh-huh. yeah, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. remember that. How can I make it right? Oh my yeah. God. Wow. And you just go, oh, really? And then like, I don't remember that. But then like my sponsor was like, well, who do you think has the better memory of this? (laughs) You or them? I think you better do some apologizing. Was anything like really funny, like really crazy? Yes. I talk, I don't know if I shared about this on the show, uh, the night you were on, but it's the number one thing I talk about in the, this, I talk about, uh, being sober. Um, so I was, I apologized my best friend. Okay. I had to, it was to him and his husband. Um, so I won't tell you what that thing was cause it was pretty horrific. Okay. got it. But he said, you know, like, well, aren't, didn't you, aren't you forgetting something? And I was just like, well, there was some other bad stuff, but this was the funny thing. He said, uh, you called us at three o'clock in the morning and demanded that we deliver Taco Bell. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, what? Like, you should have seen my face. Like, I was already like, his was the first amends I ever made. Because and he I knew, had remembered everything. Yes. And he was like, Janet, he goes, you were slurring. You were like, and I'm like, I was like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And then he nicknamed me T-Bell That's... because of that. And still called, when I get emails from him, it says T-Bell on the Cute. thing. And then he has, um, he has twin boys and now he is like trying to get them to call me Auntie T Bell, and they don't want to do it. They're like, they're like, why am I calling her what? this weird name? Like, what is that? She's Aunt Janet, you know. 
And I'm like, you see this? Too? They're, they're too smart for this. They don't, they don't know you as Auntie T-Bell. They only I know, know Aunt Janet. I know. That's crazy. It is crazy. That's so funny. I mean, it's, it, and it, I don't Just know the recollection. audacity of the I still, disease. and this was before Postmates. What did I, I was, I called him. There, did I think I was looking up the number for Taco Bell and just hit like that? Was I just doing this on a Maybe. phone? Maybe I have no idea. That's I did so that funny. a lot. Did you, were you a drunk dialer? Like a no, drunk texter? I got clean in two thousand and two. Okay, so there wasn't like a lot of cell. That, I didn't yeah. get a cell phone until oh five when I moved to here in L A. Because I'm like an old woman. <laughs> I was just like, if I'm out of my house, I don't want anybody to get a hold of me. Leave me right. alone. Yeah. So like, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't a big. I did in my first year. There was this woman I really wanted to sponsor me, yeah. and I would call her and I would leave these like long voicemails uh-huh. on her answering machine and never leave my phone number. <laughs> and one day she like ran up to me in a meeting and was like. Honey, you never leave your number. I cannot call you back. You're like, I, because I have a landline, or I don't even know what it is. I was like, I was just like, yeah, we all have late. It was like, yeah. it was like, yeah, I got that's so crazy. Yeah, I got clean and sober during landline times. Yeah, so that was I. I was safe from drunk from drunk dialing, but I've definitely had some like defect texting in the middle of the night oh yeah where i'm like driving my friends who are probably clearly alcoholics crazy because my brain won't shut the fuck up and i'm like (laughs) not working a good program i've definitely done that one so you know i'm still human yeah i was i was bad i was a big time drunk dialer drunk texter that's so I would have like I would wake up like the next day and have like text message windows opened up with like three or four different people oh. and I would forget which person I was talking to and I would be texting something like that I meant for this person to my boss. Oh. It was awful. I was out of control <laughs> like in such a bad bad comic way Com- just it was comedic it's just that's so funny you're just moving too fast yeah drunk you moves very fast yes <laughs> <laughs> she's oh getting gosh. shit done she's got lots of conversations yeah. going <laughs> and then like how do you explain all that and then the ridiculous things that you would come up with to explain it like you know uh, I'm sorry I was yeah yeah it's like oh, I was just trying to oh I didn't mean that for you that was for I was oh that was for my boyfriend <laughs> Like what? Yeah. And like meanwhile, the, the and like you think you're hiding something. Like they know yeah. that you're completely out of your mind. Either you're an alcoholic or you're insane. I mean, there's just no other uh, reason that this right. person is doing this, right? Right. Can you imagine being on the receiving end of that? I mean, yeah. What is she? What is happening right now? You know. You know my um the my boyfriend has a family friend who calls him periodically, very drunk. He oh, drunk yeah. he gets drunk dialed mm-hmm. by a family friend a lot, and he's like, it's weird because he's like my parents' friend, but he just like calls me, and I don't know what to do, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you don't have to answer. Yeah. And he was like, really? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. What you a just novel idea. Don't answer, and also maybe set a boundary and be like, hey, like. I don't mind if we're in contact, but like, yeah. don't contact me when you're loaded mm-hmm. and just like put that out there yeah. and maybe he'll, and I don't know how he's handled that. I just, I'm always like, just say that. And he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, oh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I hadn't it's, thought about that in a long time. I mean, obviously the, the thing where I called my friend and the Taco Bell thing is very much a, a something I talk about, but I hadn't thought about, I haven't thought about all the other things, the, the drunk dials and drunk texts and drunk messaging that I used to do. 
I see. I do too time. fast messaging now. I've mm-hmm. done that. I've, oh, I, I do that my, too. I sent my Even boss now. a picture of me at the salon on accident. <laughs> she was like, "Cute." And I was like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> I do that too. I send people the wrong. You know, um, when you're in iMessage, but yes. you're in a window, it's you just. It's so easy to send it to the wrong person all the time. My mind doesn't work, and I've sent messages to people. But of course, but being a person of integrity, yes, I'm never. Like maybe 99.9% of the time saying something that's right. I would be worried that you would not take the right, right way or whatever. And then even when I do say something like that, I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I usually yeah. call right away and I'm yeah. like, Hey, you know what? I stepped outside <laughs> of my integrity. I'm so sorry. I yeah. did not. That is, yeah. I value yeah, you, you. Do it immediately. Yeah. Just whenever. take care of it. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love it. We're both so human. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yay. <laughs> How do you maintain your like serenity on a day-to-day basis? Like what's your day-to-day routine look you like? Know, I wish I had one that I could say I, that I don't practice on a regular basis. Like I'm, um, I meditate very infrequently. I, it's something I would like to do better. Um, uh, I do try to pray every day. Yeah. Um, and I find that like, if I just have the, like the one moment of silence or yeah. whatever, um, it's just, uh, it's real simple. Like I'm usually, it's just, um, uh, thank you for keeping me sober again. One more day. Um, please keep me sober again tomorrow. And, or if this is, and this is that short of a window, yeah. um, help me see your will and be in your will today. Not mine. Yeah. That's it those are the three standards that like, just that's all I ever pray for yeah. is be grateful, you know, um, thank whoever is, you know, keeping me sober, whether it's yeah. God, higher power. Um, I believe in God and yeah. call it a higher power. Um, that's it. And just, you know, and, and I don't, I don't do any kind of written like tenth step or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. try to do, uh, um, not create more, chaos right but occasionally i do uh like an annual house cleaning type thing Mm -hmm. like where i go through and just say who am i having like who am i bristling with right now like do i need to make an amends or that kind of thing yeah but i'm not i wish i could say i had a better like daily i heard i've heard lots of good suggestions on how to do that yeah it was like i read one page out of the literature and i do um but i'm not you know i can always do better with that I think they're always ideals. Yeah. I, I fucks with a meditation app. I really do. <laughs> yeah. That's my thing. I do my meditation app and I try to say a prayer in the morning and yeah, try to, if I can close my eyes and do a gratitude list mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. I'm and pretty, then, yeah, basic and yeah. not very regular. <laughs> yeah. And I tend to, I've gotten into a practice of like, just if something's bothering me, I love mm-hmm. the, how you said bristling with, yeah. that's really <laughs> what it feels like. You're just yeah. like, Meh. yeah, like, like if they were to walk in, you'd be like, "Oh hi," yeah. or on a bad day, you'd be like, "Oh, brother, bless." <laughs> in, in, in the Texas way, "Oh, bless your heart." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't want to have any bless your hearts. I'm gonna just be. And if I do, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> oh my god, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I grew up in a place in Northern California where there were a lot of like uh, first and second ge- like, generation Dust Bowl Okies still yeah. like alive and yeah. around, and so um, I grew up around people that say like y'all and bless bless yeah. your heart and all this stuff it was like very sometimes i'll say something and people will be like you're from california your whole life right i'm like hard to explain yeah yeah <laughs> there's an influence there there's an influence <laughs> yeah but yeah i i'm i you know i have to say i'm actually 
I'm proud of being from Texas. It's yeah. a, it's a like, a, you know, um, it's a pretty cool place. It really is. I fucking and, love Texas. Yeah, it's like such a like crazy place. It's yeah, but, you know, it's like makes for good, you know, material. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. I fell in love with Texas at a world convention. I went to a, a convention in San Antonio. I was there. Hey, girl. I know. I know I was there. That was the first one I went to, I think. Was Ooh. it 2010? That, well, I think that was... Yes. I think I went in 05 different fellowship, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, but... San Antonio is the perfect yeah. world convention town. It's yeah. really set up for it. Did you guys go to the snake farm outside of, no. outside of town? I okay. It. So we spent one day, we got in the rental car uh-huh. and we drove around and we just went to everywhere where there's a big sign. <laughs> no shortage of those. Yeah. Where it was just like biggest ball of yarn yeah. in the world. I was like, stop, we have to see this cave. Yeah. Like the whole time. Oh, that's where Carlsbad Caverns is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we just like went everywhere and it was so fun that, um, but what I discovered while I was in Texas is if you talk to somebody long enough and authentically enough, mm-hmm. they'll invite you into the kitchen, show oh, you yeah. how they make the sweet tea, show right. you like, everywhere we go, my, my friends would be like, how did you just like make, like waitresses would sit down and talk to us. And like, they were like, how are you just making friends with everybody in Texas? And I realized I was like, this might be my planet. This yeah. is friendly planet. Yeah, it I, is so friendly. And people <laughs> don't like give it enough credit for that. I think, but um, I was just home for the holiday, and I was in, like, three different places, like two, like a general store-type yeah. place, a thing, and, like, a gas station or whatever. And in every single one of those places, people come up to you. Yes. They're like, isn't that funny what you're looking at? And, like, look at this thing. And they're just showing you something. It's a complete stranger. Yes. Don't know you. I've never met you. Yes. I'm just looking at the gloves here or yes. the hats or whatever. And they're like, or then somebody else will just walk by and go, I don't know why they don't have any damn the big bags here. Why do they only have the small bags? You know, this place gets on my nerves with the big bags. And, and they're just having a conversation. Talking. And then you're, you're in it with them. And you're like, well, I don't know either. I like, you know, but these are all right. You know, look at the little tag on them. That's cute. And you just having conversations with people that never happens here. No, Never. I can't even get people in this it's building like to make eye contact no. with me. I will be like, good morning. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, but I, I miss that about Texas. Yeah. I have to say, I really was like impressed with that. It's like, thank God nothing changes here. It's this, the same level of just embracing the stranger that has, yeah. that has been there since I, that's what, one of the things I love about Texas that is always there and always will be, I hope. So yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. You can I bring that it. to LA. Yeah. Like, in a, I'm going to start talking. They're going to think I'm crazy. I do it all the time. I'm just like, good morning. And folks are always like, I am like that me though. The, I'm yeah. not like crazy. But I'm like, yeah. Low key. Low like, key. I'm good morning. I'm yeah. Good, good morning. morning you know, just eye contact. Eye contact. Smile. Yeah. Yeah. And doing like a little right. head nod. Like, yeah. Morning. Yeah. yeah. I'm that person for sure. Aww. So that's, that's a fun. Texas thing. For, yeah. Definitely. It's a, it, I always, it always warms my heart. So I know that when I'm doing that for somebody else, I'm like, oh, yeah. like it's like a fun game you get to play. Like that sort of like gratitude and love exchange with just strangers. If you've ever smiled at some, have you ever like been, cause I'm not a constant smiler for sure. I'm not that person. But like, if you're ever walking towards somebody and you're neither one of you are smiling and then you smile at them. It doesn't matter if they smile back at you. I've had so many times where I got an acknowledgement of like, 
this it's even just a look in the eye that's just like a oh you were just exhibiting yeah human kindness for two seconds yeah in this crazy world and it's like it's a, it's an awesome thing to get that back from somebody where you before is. we're just two people walking on a sidewalk right you know it's we need more of that i think, I think so in long beach there's a little bike path on the beach that you people jog on a mm-hmm. lot and the joggers always high five each other on the yeah. way and that to me always like because it's not easy. It's all different. Like there's some people that are flying past you. And then there's some people that are just like, yeah, just barely getting their fitness journey on. And you're just yeah. like, get it, bro. <laughs> like, it's so fun to yeah. like encourage people. All right. We agree on that. Yes. That's a, that's an agreement thing. Yes. <laughs> what, um, what is your, um, like experience of a higher power? Well, I, like I said, it's kind of like with the, um, not having a real regular, spiritual practice which sucks i need to now that i've said that out loud i've got to work on it um but uh i think in the beginning like i used to hear people saying like i have an awesome you know relationship with my higher power and i know exactly what they want for me and you know i would just drive me (laughs) up a wall because i'd be like what are they doing that i'm not doing because i don't have that same i'd be like well look at him with 30 days and i'm right while i've flip flop 82 times like on my concept of a higher power okay fine yeah (laughs) i know that when i came in i remember uh having this idea that uh i was raised catholic so i believe in god so we're all good like okay let's move on to i got this yeah let's move on to the next whatever the next step is but that is also the kind of attitude that kept me from truly getting recovery for a number of years because Mm. I thought, well, I don't need to, you know, we're done with that one. Let's move on to the next one. And I was just sort of ticking the boxes and not really thinking about what it meant to have a higher power that cared about me for God's, you know, really? And that wanted the best for me did not like, that wasn't the God of that I was raised with. Right. I was raised with the definite, like, uh, the God's going to get you for that yeah. God that was like, if I, if I stub my toe, I did something wrong. And that's why that happened. Oh, okay. Like God was punishing me. Right. Um, and I had a, a really good sponsor that was just like, you know, like she would just laugh at it. I mean, in a very loving way, she would sort of laugh at me. Like, why would you, why would, you know, like, and when things started to go wrong in sobriety, she was like, why do you, the, you know, the same God that got you sober, like, do you believe that? a higher power got you sober and I'm like yes well why wouldn't he she or it also help you with this thing that's happening right now like it's the same God right so you know why do you think God can't also take care of this for you and I was like oh like it's again like the simple thing being pointed out by somebody else you know um but yeah so today it is definitely not that God it's not that you know punishing God it's um Somebody that, I mean, I definitely talk to and will say, like, help me figure this out or yeah. um, or show me very clearly, show me what I'm supposed to do. And the answer always comes if I ask for it. In, in whatever way it comes, it, it always comes. And it's never uh, like the, the lightning bolt striking the bush, yeah. and, you know, the fire or whatever. It's just, um, I don't get the thing I thought I wanted. Like, I might be yeah. praying for a job or something. And like, all right, like if it's my time, if you if you want this for me, please be clear. And then I don't get the job. Well, then that wasn't that wasn't supposed to happen. And maybe I'm supposed to be doing this other thing. But like, it always becomes clear, and it's always better than what I planned. 
yeah. in the end. Not necessarily. It might be painful to not get a job you wanted. But, you know, two months later, you're doing something else that leads to something else. And yeah. then you're like, oh, this is what was happening. Exactly. So, like, that we said in the beginning, like, um, surrendering the outcome, yeah. like, turning it over fully and just letting go. Like, knowing that, you know, uh, your higher power, if you believe in one, is, like, got the best plan for you, better than what you could ever plan. So just let that happen. Why would you try to be struggling to like make your thing that's dumb and less than what your higher power would do for you? <laughs> like just let the good things come yeah. and they do. Yeah. So I, I try to do that. And, but I do talk to my higher power enough that I've, I've seen the results of it. Like yeah. to say, just show me the way, whatever it is. That's and, beautiful. Yeah. And it always works out. So yeah, I'm not going to stop doing it because it works. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah. What is one thing you want to give away on this podcast to somebody just like you? Hmm. Calling Taco Bell, calling for Taco Bell at <laughs> three in the morning and back oh. in their car into some kind of pole. Oh my gosh. Like give away in the sense of what? Like, like um, what's like, what's the message you want to leave behind? Hmm. What's the message you'd like to carry? I don't know. Maybe um, the first thing that popped into my head was uh, just now was not, I did not plan this. No notes were written about this. For <laughs> sure. um, because I thought it was more of like leaving something myself, like yeah. leave behind and like yeah. let it go or something. Yeah. But I should probably rephrase that. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, it's perfect. As in you can't be prepared. <laughs> and I was thinking about like, just um, like letting go of struggling yeah. That just is the first thing that popped into my head was just not yeah. letting go of the struggle. Like you don't have, you can choose. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I had a really good, uh, mentor early on that was like, um, uh, when you're trying, when you're doing, I guess it's three that was, that said, uh, it's a, de- it's just a decision. But like, if you just say you're not going to make the decision, you've still made a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like this thing is that, also a decision. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like maybe just letting go of, letting go of struggle and I love just, that. Um, I don't know. That's all I could, that's just what came to me. I love it. That's beautiful. Whatever that means. I hope that means something. It know. means a lot of things. It's good. <laughs> it's it's meant for... Maybe that's I'm a, my message to myself that just came to me, right? I, Janet, let go of the struggle. <laughs> let go of the struggle of those papers, for God's sakes. Right? Just like... Shred Set em. the hour on your calendar. Yeah. I like the idea of lighting a candle because that's a symbol of having your higher yes. power present and saying, all right, we're going to do this. Like yeah. this is the person you want me to be. It's not a person who's living in a pile of clutter. Right. So we're going to do this for one hour. Set a timer. Maybe I could do that. that yeah. I like that because then my reward is when that bell goes, I it's know done. I've done whatever. This and is, it, I'm going to stop. Whatever. Yeah. If we've only gotten through 50 pieces of paper, that's all that gets done. Right yeah. Now. But I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Yay. Put it in my calendar. Yay. <laughs> I love it. Where can people find you? Oh my gosh. Um, so for the show, um, at Drunkalog Show mm-hmm. on all platforms. Yep. Um, personally at Janet Q Price on Twitter. Love it. Um, yeah. And my website's JanetKinones.com. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and you can find me at Anna V is found on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at AnnaValenzuela.com and uh, at Anna V is found on Facebook um, for my fan page. I do not post on Facebook all that often anymore. It's usually kind like of becoming a dinosaur a little bit. I just, I can't. Yeah. It's too much. It's, 
Well, Twitter even. Everybody's on Instagram now. It seems like that's the thing. Yeah, it's on But the... you can see us in real life if you, can you come see to us. a show, right? In real life. <laughs> check out our websites. Come to the show. Yeah. And Janet, if nobody's told you this today, I love you. Oh, Yay. I love you too, Anna. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.